Boom, my back. But yeah, it's eleven twenty one p.m. It's pretty late. This is the latest one we shot. Easy. Mm. We're on the grind, bro. On the grind. Um, yeah, you came here this morning. <laughs> you literally got here twenty minutes after I woke up. Yeah, lazy, bro. I'm not lazy. I just go to sleep late and wake up late because I work late. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you're the opposite. You go to sleep usually, except when you're here with me. You yeah. You rule my sleep schedule, brev. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. There's a few things to talk about tonight. And um, we're obviously pretty tired. Mm. And, uh, but we're going to push through and, uh, yeah, hopefully have a good pod. Yeah. Well, let's start with some news. What's uh, the big news you've got to share, boys? I, uh, I'm going on a little trip. Um, I can't talk too much about it because nothing's finalized, but... Um, Dubai. I uh, there's a opportunity for me to go play music in Dubai for a while. I don't know how long exactly. It could be, could be a, a few weeks. Could be a few months. Don't know. Um, yeah, I don't really know what the go with that is. But uh, yeah, it should be pretty sick. There's um gonna be well probably oh, like twelve artists different artists from across the world, much bigger than myself. Like, I, it's kind of going to be cool because I'm the small fish per se and it's going to be good to be able to prove myself and uh, um, everyone loves an underdog. So I've got to be able to prove that I deserve to be there, which, um, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed to be there for sure. Um, I mean, I'm not there yet, but um, I'm blessed to be able to have the opportunity to go. But proving to myself that I'm... Um, I'm among the other artists that are going to be there. There's several artists that have millions of followers, hundreds of thousands of followers. Like, um, so compared to my, I'm like at like 3K or something, um, is very, yeah, there's, there's levels to it. And I think being among all that talent is going to really um, push me to the next level. Yeah, so... What's the actual purpose of Dubai? Why is there a bit of a launch of artists to Dubai? So we're kind of looking to create a bit of a music culture over there because there isn't, um, it's almost like a, there isn't much of a, a, you could say Western music culture, but even from what I've heard, there's not much. I haven't been there, so I can't say for sure, but even from what I've heard, there's not much of a music culture there anyway. Um, and if so, it's very Eastern music, but um yeah, what's, I don't, what's the difference between Western music and Eastern music? Like when you think of like, like Western music is in like pop music, yeah, and pop, pop music, music like and stuff, yeah, like uh, like artists like Beyonce or Ed Sheeran or. So so, what's Eastern music then? Would be a good example. Of like, that? um, like uh, Chinese, Indian, like those like styles. When you think of that, you think of like the the string, like the 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 tight tight string mandolin kind of scent not mandolin but um i don't know do you do you kind of understand what i'm saying like i'll, I'll play like yeah i kind of like music like this it's kind of like tune i'd fall asleep to you know yeah yeah it's very like middle eastern kind of it's kind of mad i i rate it um yeah so I mean, I mean, there's Eastern music all over the world, like where, anyway, um, but, uh, yeah, so kind of creating a bit of a music culture over there and yeah, just really trying to bring some artists of all different genres, like R&B, pop, uh, singer, songwriter kind of style, uh, rap, um, yeah, so. Mm. Yeah, it should be good. So what's what's the expectation you uphold with yourself with going to Dubai then? Like sort of what's your ambitions and goals to heading over? Like you said, you're a little fish in a big pod now against a big artist. How are you sort of planning on scaling up? Like, Well, I think it's like, I think there's, I think it's really important to be teachable and be a very teachable person. And I think that I'm, I'm just going to try and be, I guess, as teachable as I can. Do you mean learnable? Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, learnable. Adapt, adaptive to that um, 
seen and, and there's like the people that are going over there know so much more and um, uh, have a lot more wisdom in the music industry as a whole as artists, as musicians. And so I think just gleaning that information will be the the most beneficial and I think that that's how I think that's what's going to take me to a different level as an as a musician, artist, performer, songwriter, all of the above. I think I really just want to be able to level up f- from a regional country singer artist to someone who's well known in the Australian scene. That would be awesome, um, and to potentially. Obviously, I'm not in Australia, so it's going to be a bit different. And but break into a different market, not just the Australian market as well. That'd be awesome. And I think that that's what a lot of the artists that are going over there to do as well. We're looking at reaching, obviously, the Middle East, um, Asia, and Africa as well, in parts that aren't really reached. And uh, with with a lot of different, there's a lot of business stuff behind it, which I can't really talk about. It's a bit, bit um it's not my place to talk about that kind of stuff but there's a lot of yeah business ventures that are going on behind the scenes that ties into our music and so I think that um yeah to reach those three I mean the Middle East isn't like a continent but yeah so Iraq Iran yeah so to reach that Middle East and Asia and African places uh, which is not really reached so that'd be awesome but yeah to just level up as an artist that's my main main goal yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, what about you? What do you got going on? Um, this week, uh, tomorrow I'm going to Cannonball. Yep. Um, which is a mountain bike festival in Australia. It's probably the biggest mountain bike festival in Australia, and there's um all different events from ranging all the way from like pump track to uh downhill, which is my main event that I enjoy doing the most. Um, and yeah, it's really just a and this year it's really big. There's a lot of international riders coming. So they've really like scaled from just a few events that Threadbow has put on to like a really big in international event now. Yeah. So it's really good to see. So there's a lot of cash prizes now. There's a lot of more Is investment that- sponsors are sponsoring the event. It's really like just a real good setup. And, and it holds a bit of a special part to me as well because it was my first ever mountain bike race in 2018. That was, was in Cannibal. Right. And was the, did you, that whip off that you, did you, I don't know if you won, did you win? No, I got third so, last year. Was third, that at Cannibal? Yeah. That was at Cannibal, yeah. Yeah, yeah nice. And your big crash that you had that went viral. That was at Threadbow, Threadbow. but not during Cannibal. Yeah, right, right. That was at, that was at Threadbow though. And what do you like, what do you hope happens at Cannibal? What do you, like, what are your expectations? Like you asked me, what are your expectations and what are your goals kind of for Threadbow, for Cannibal, sorry. Man. My, I don't want to put an expectation on myself, to be honest, because uh, when you, in a racing sort of thing, when you seem to put an expectation on yourself, you either seem to crumble or like break through it. And I usually crumble, like to be honest, Hmm. like under that pressure, internal pressure, I crumble. But when there's like an external pressure. It's really interesting that you, because I like, I genuinely don't even, haven't, haven't really talk to you much about that and I think it's really interesting and it's definitely part of the blow up do you think that that not crumbling under that pressure is what's going to take you to another level no I don't think so and especially now as I'm in like this is my first year in elite I think that um I have the rest of my life to improve on my result and figure it out so I'm not in a huge rush to like deal or not deal with, but be able to be like, I guess, handle the internal pressures, which you do need to do as a racer. But I just need to learn to like more of the technical ability. Like I'm not very good at piecing together a full run. Like I can ride a section just as fast as anyone, but to put together a full run and carry a speed for a whole track is where I struggle. And I feel like if I just focus on improving myself in that area, and like holding speed where I need to and that thing, I think my riding will tenfold. Yeah, well, okay. Not, because if the more result focused I'm going to be, being first year elite, it's a, it's a tough field. So being result focused is just going to ruin my headspace. And I love riding, so I'd rather 
just ab- just improve on my personal writing and just try and like break through my own ceiling, which I believe is going to be at the top. Do you think that eventually? Of, do you think that part of that mentality and getting to that was partly from some of the stuff that Dean said on the podcast that we did with him, or how did you come to that? A uh, few people, a few people, not 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 so much in the last podcast we did with Dean, but Dean did. Dean definitely did help a lot, but um, Dean definitely helped a lot with um how I structure, like building up into writing and working on like being con- not consistent but like being structured. Yeah. But um, honestly, there's a few people that have really like said things to me that are like really stuck. Like Tim Butler has even when I was like a junior, he helped. Not so much with, like, my attitude, but, like, he really kept my headspace in, like, a good headspace for riding. Mm. Like, it wasn't so much like, oh, make sure you drop. Well, he always tells me make sure I drop in the corner. But it wasn't so much like a technical riding coach. It was more like, looking back now, he's like, he really just kept my head in, like, the right spot. Like, just having fun as a kid. Yeah. Just riding and having fun. But um, also, um, Jackson's old mechanic from Pink Bike. He's a really wise guy and some of the things he said to me as well um, like stuck with me a fair bit and the things Jackson has also said to me has stuck with me a fair bit because he has a lot more experience than me in riding and racing. But yeah, that that's saying he, he would always say, oh, you have the rest of your life to improve your result. Mm-hmm. That just seems to calm me down a lot. Right. and get my head in the right spot because as a racer you don't want to be stressed and have all this internal massive internal pressures because i mean some people thrive under that it's it's such a range but personally i really need to just be in a really good like mental state i need to be stoked i need to be happy where i am i need to feel like i've been riding good like there's a lot of like stepping stones that make a good race run for me i feel like yeah yeah and them stepping stones are really important because if you don't like do i miss or you miss like you don't do the stepping stones as in that analogy like you miss a step you kind of fumble and like fall a little Mm. like but it's different to like an adversary sort of thing so like if you have a a, like a big crash in practice and you're sore it can go both ways like I find sometimes if I crash and hurt myself I sometimes ride almost better right Why because because sometimes I'm like well I've had a big crash like it's okay like you can sort of fall into a victim mentality of like oh it's okay if I don't do good because I'm in like I'm real sore yeah but because that expectation has been lifted off me I'm like well I'll just like I don't have to lose anything. Yeah, you got nothing to lose. So like some of my best, some of my best results have come from like the worst stepping stones up to a race. Mm. Well, and so now that you're, you, which I find interesting actually. Yeah, say that out loud. I also think that like you definitely seem like you're in a much different headspace to what you've been in previous races. Like I don't know, it just seems different this time. Like you're much more. There's a calmness to it. Like, even though you're generally pretty calm, like you're heaps nervous before something big happens and then there's like a calm that hits, I think this time it's just like a calm that is just all around. Like, that's the vibe I'm getting. And you said, like you said before, that um, you're not, like, crumbling inside is not, like, that, that you do crumble inside sometimes. Why is that? Do you know? Why I crumble inside? Yeah. Well, because I care what I do. Yeah. Like I care about my racing Mm. and like I care about my riding and I care about how people perceive me and like I care about the reputation I have and like I care about these things and I don't like I always think like there's people that believe in me so it's an insult to them to not try or not care. Like I feel like I have people in my life that I need to 
perform for because they put so much into me. Right. And so now what's changed is just all those things that people have said. Nah, I think the biggest thing that changed is the work I've done leading up to like this off season I've had has been a bit of a doozy and like, why has it been a doozy? Just like with injury. Yeah. Like my scaphoid was a bit of frustrating to heal. Then I did my, like, um, I hurt my bursa in my knee as well. So I've had a few little niggles and stuff, but yeah. So the scaphoid was pretty frustrating to come back from, even though I was like, I really wasn't that level headed when I had my scaphoid injury because I was, as I said, as I've said on a few other podcasts, um, I was super like, I used to say just bashing my head against the wall in the sense that, um, I would scroll on social media and be like, this person's riding frick. I can't ride. What can I do? I can, I can go to the gym and hit legs at the gym. So I would just be there like two, three times a week because I feel like I'm falling behind. Yeah. So I've had, I've had a lot of mental battles this off season as well. Like mainly with feeling like I'm falling behind. Right. And that sort of like really frustrated me because I haven't had the feeling of falling behind yet. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was, that was a big thing. I've had a really big feeling about falling behind. But I also had a big like realization about trusting the process and like, sorry, I'm saying like a bit, um, trusting the process and being consistent without overworking. Yeah. Like instead of working in the gym and trying to get big and strong and stuff, I've worked more on my bike setup. Like I've changed so much on my bike. I feel a lot stronger on my bike. I feel a lot more confident riding now. Like I'm on all the, I'm on some really good gear for this season sponsors. Like I'm really happy where I'm at, which was actually a bit of a mental battle to be happy where I'm at because I want more. Mm. Yeah, I really do want more. Not in like a selfish way, but, or I guess it is a selfish way. No, it's not though. It's the drive. It's that inner drive within you. It's, it's, it's not... It's not selfish if it's natural. Like, not that's not entirely true with it. Like, that's not a blanket statement for everything. But, but in this case, it's not selfish. It's not selfish to want more out of things. Like, mm. that's not that's not a selfish thing to want to be successful. Mm. That's not a selfish thing at all. I think it's just, uh, and I think that coming back to what you said, it's this. You you've got confidence now, like a different type of confidence, and. Well, yeah, confidence breeds success and success breeds confidence. And yeah, I just feel more confident in my riding because I haven't been so focused on the off-bike training. I've been way more pinpoint and precise and open to trying so many different things on my bike, which I haven't done before. I haven't really experimented much and with like bike setup. And now I have... I feel very like confident, calm that I've put in more like smart, like graft. Yeah. So there, there's a bit more structure to it now. Mm. And it seems like the doozy of an off season with injuries has actually allowed you to have that time to be able to think about and implement that structure. So if you really do think about it, it's a bit of a blessing. Like a blessing in disguise. Like even though that it's not a blessing that you got injured. Like that's well, it's a pendulum swing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I guess it's just how you look at it, kind of thing. Like, well, that's right. Everything's perspective, man. Like, you, an injury can be the worst thing, but it can be the best thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just yeah. Again, like just repeating what you said. You were bashing your head against the wall, and I guess. Well, I was just in my own head. I just had so much head noise. Yeah. And even before, like, I had the injury, I still had so much head noise. Like, all my training was never consistent. It was impulsive. Right. And now, now because now you've just got your, I feel like you're in a rhythm. You got, you had that time to really, re, you had that couple of week rest where you you couldn't, do, you couldn't work because you're, you're a scaphoid or whatever. Um, but that's also put my back against the wall now financially. Yeah, for sure. 
I think that, um, yeah, I just think that that injury really, as bad as it sounds, was a blessing because I think you needed that time to just really reset kind of a few things. And then now after after the fact, now you're in a much better rhythm. Like there's no way, like you literally, we, we talk about it, you, you don't have to wake up at 4 a.m. to go to the gym anymore. You get a, like you, you have a consistent, you wake up at, 5 30 now mm. you can go go to the gym and then go back home you don't start work at like six now you can you can start it um, yeah don't start work six an hour away from where i live yeah so yeah you start at seven now but that's also been crazy i've had four jobs this off season yeah 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 there's just a lot of things that you've had to i guess it's just a mental battle i think this off season and i think that that's been that's what's gonna propel you it's like Again, we've said on several podcasts, different, uh, different level, different devil kind of thing. I think that getting to that next level for you has been that oh, to overcome the mental thing, and I think that it's going to be really interesting to see how you go, especially the next week at Cannonball. Mm, and there's some big, big, big names coming to Cannonball. Like people who have won World Cups are going to be at Cannonball Racing, and it's, this podcast will drop after Cannonball as well. So it'd be kind of funny to be like, like, see where my headspace was after the fact so it will be interesting but um yeah i have a real sense of calmness about this coming up but i also will be busy like another type of busy i've never been busy at a race before because now i'm obligated to do media right because i'm independent contracting out the two different people for media and stuff as well i won't i won't name names completely yet on the podcast or anything for other TVs on. Yeah, but for other people. Wait, so you're... Talk about that because I, I, I didn't even know. Yeah, so I've got support from... Uh, we are Lusty Industry, Lusty Industries. Yeah, yeah. And they've hired a full-time filmer for me for the week. So I've got lots of um, media obligations to do, which I'm really excited about because I do get a good kick out of it. But it's now something that I have to do as well. Yeah. Which I also am like pretty keen to like dive into just a different it's not different but it's um it's exciting to me because people want that now where i felt like before i'd put it out and be like oh i hope people find this funny i hope people like it i enjoyed doing it i thought it was sick but now it's like oh people i guess do kind of like it and now i've had some brands approach and be like can you do this for us yeah which is a really special thing but it also comes with a bit of a bit of a price. What's that? The the price? Yeah. Um, it's pretty draining doing it for other people. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, how are you gonna? But it. It's also not because it's pretty. F- I feel like it. No, no. it's pretty fulfilling. Well, the reality is, like, uh, I was. But gonna I have say to do that... it for for two. I do it for doing it for Threadbow as well. Like. Yeah. The resort. Yeah, well, I was going to say, how do you, how are you going to deal with, um, I don't know if you're getting paid or not, but um, well, there might be some sort of thing on their end, whether it's actual money or something else. Um, but how are we going to deal with doing something that you love? Like we talked about it on the last pod, oh, the podcast with Dean, sorry, um, where you, people don't enjoy the things they do when they start getting paid as much anymore. Um, how are you going to deal with that? And then another question in, involved as well, kind of going back to that draining thing, whatever you do, everything takes energy. Like I'm not, but some things give you energy, man. Yeah. But it's not, it's not in the same, it's not the same. It's not in the same vein. Like I don't, I, I get a certain type of energy from, doing gigs but I also get drained from doing gigs as well like it's not as simple as just it I don't know it's, it's hard to explain like I think that you're gonna you will it's not really a question it's more of a statement I think you just will, are gonna have to deal with how you get energy back from from doing those interviews because they are going to take energy out of you you got to learn to entertain people for a certain amount of time in a different way and I think that that's an area that I know a lot more about because I have to entertain people for several hours um, at night 
to for gigs. It's not the same type of entertaining on video, but yeah, I think that it's just it is it's really draining. I feel like mm. you've kind of yeah you've had your foot in for a bit. I think this is going to be real interesting to see how it goes. But yeah, going back to that question, yeah, how are you going to deal with doing something you loved that you love and getting paid for it? I'm not getting paid for it. Oh. Uh, There's not like a, a price tag or anything. Okay. Uh, well, well, I'll, well, I'll phrase it differently. How are you, how are you going to deal with doing that for somebody else? That is, it's going to be draining. Yeah. Like, look, I don't know how deep I can actually talk about it. Like for the other people. Yeah. I'm not getting paid because of such short notice for Threadbow. And I was like, it's a, too big of an opportunity to not to like pass up yeah, yeah but i asked him instead if he could put my dad up in a hotel oh, for a for a few nights and it was sorted so i guess in that sense i am yeah yeah pulled in a favor which um is sick because my dad doesn't get to watch me come race that much like ever so it'd be sick that'd be nice him. for him hey that'd be nice for him as well yeah so it'd be sick to see him see my first elite race but um yeah, I don't know, and I can't really answer it because I haven't gone through it yet, to be honest. That's fair enough. Fair but enough. I enjoy doing froth tapes. I enjoy just chatting and spinning the yarn with my friends and talking a bit of smack. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, I like it. I, I really do like it. I think it's just, like, something I enjoy doing. I just like talking. I just I like seeing people have fun and laugh and... I get a big buzz out of it as well, so yeah. I I I think I'll really enjoy it to be honest. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, kind of shifting gears. Like, how do you think people look at you? You've got all this. You're about like you're blowing up, like in that regard. How do you think people look at you? becoming successful do you think that people spite you in that regard or what do you think about that i don't know if people spite me or do people look at you positively or negatively in the regard of success i don't know whether it's in the regard of success or not but because really my results aren't that successful but um i would like to think that people don't view me negatively Mm. because what I really I like I do try not to be negative around other people like I would hate to spread negativity yeah like I'd hate that yeah. and I'm usually an outgoing bubbly person like everyone has their moments man like yeah you understand like I'm frother but I'm still a human like even I have my moments it's what I guess some people don't understand like even I have have my moments for sure but and a lot of the time, I really do enjoy being at these events. So I am just that stoked. And um, that that portrays, man. Yeah. Like, that positivity and just that, like, this is freaking sick. Like, what I'm doing is so cool. And I think people gravitate to it. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of tall poppy syndrome. It's like this, like... Nah. <laughs> I mean, we... we it, it's, it's kind of this thing where this analogy of there's a field of poppies growing in this field and one poppy grows taller than than all the others and so people just will cut it down to make it the same height as all the other poppies. And I think it's a really big phenomenon, especially in Australia, where people get viewed as uh, cringe or everyone just hates on another person because they're, uh, building their own success, they're building into their future. They care a little bit more. And you were saying, you were saying before that you care about these things. You care about um, what uh, your results. You care about your future in writing and that kind of thing. And yeah, tall poppy syndrome. I mean, I know that I used to even think of myself. I'm like, oh, my, is what I'm doing cringe? Like, should I just go and drop it and go and hang out with my friends? Where and, and go and go to parties or whatnot. I used to think that a lot. I've kind of got to the place only really recently where I'm like, I don't care anymore. Like, I just don't. I'm go, gonna... go deeper, man. Why don't you care about what other people think about you? No, it's more, I think the 
I think going deeper about it is more why I used to. I think, uh, I think well, I used to just care. Like I don't know. I just thought everyone thought I was really um, cringe, and I might, I might be cringe, and I might. You definitely have some cringe. Videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying I'm, that out of love, but you, yeah, there's some cringe videos out there. Yeah, no, I definitely like. I know I'm. Yeah, there's some things where I'm like, yeah, that's cringe, but also I don't really care anymore. Like I'm trying to, I'm just experimenting and. I mean, again, like you said, everyone has their moments. Like there's, mm. there's one notorious video. I'm like, oh, I watch it. It's on my own thing. And I'm like, oh, that's so cringe. I'm like, why did I make that? And I'm like, uh. but yeah, I think, yeah, tall poppy syndrome is just a massive thing in Australia. I don't think I've experienced any of it, especially in the mountain bike community, man. The mountain bike community is like so good. Yeah, right. Yeah, I feel like uh, when I've talked to you, it doesn't seem like you've, had a bit of, and I think it's more, I think it's I probably more, have, but no, I haven't. I Maybe people have thought about that, but just don't have the balls to tell me. Yeah, it's fair. Possibly, but I'm like, I have some cringy proper TVs from when <laughs> I was younger, man. Like they were, they were no good. And I look at them like, oh no, don't show any. But it's me. not even, it's not even just but, cringe stuff. But I laugh at it now, man. Like, yeah. It's like. But tall poppy syndrome is not even cringe stuff. It's more just. People get, it's almost a jealous thing of people are jealous of your success. So they want to bring you down to their level. So they don't, they don't feel bad about themselves anymore. That's kind of what tall poppy is. And it's, uh, I think that I've got to the place, like going back into it, I've got to the place recently where I just don't care anymore. Like I want to win and I want to be successful in what, whatever I do. And so I've just kind of come to terms with it and I find it, I found and how I've gotten through that. And I think it's important to talk about, you find like-minded people. You don't care about what others think of you. I don't care what others think of me. I've got a few friends um, like Aaron who they don't care. We don't care. And I just have found that, that group where I just, I don't care anymore. And, and I think that, I do though. I care what other people think about me. Uh, to a certain degree. I, when I say, uh, like what I, I would, I would, if, I would care what my people, family. Yeah, I would hate if people just was walk like walk past me and whisper to them maybe oh, that guy's a dick. Yeah. Like I would hate that. Like that's not me. I don't want that to happen. No, no, no. I'm not I'm not saying in that regard. I'm saying like if I was being a tool, then and people were always saying, Oh, you're being a tool and especially the people that are close to me. But they'll tell me they're the people that will tell me first. So I will deal with that first. But I'm saying I'm saying in regards to tall poppy syndrome, like if people are trying to bring me down just because I'm trying something, I don't care. That's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. But, um, it's kind of sad, man. Like it's really, that is tall poppy syndrome really has nothing to do with the person who's being or trying to be it's a successful. Culture. It's to do with the people. It It's, it's a personal thing. Like they must, I don't know. I can't talk for people, but it just seems like they must feel like they're unable to do that. It's an insecurity thing. It's a culture that's been breeded. Like Australia's, and I think the more I've intentionally thought about it being tall poppy syndrome, the more I look at it in the the grand scheme of. Yeah, I've never really heard of it, to be honest. And I can't say I've experienced it firsthand because I've had people all around me build me up as well. Like I haven't had someone ever be like oh man you're doing really good um just come back like oh man you're doing better than me screw you yeah i haven't experienced that hey and i i don't i don't think i will man like to be honest like i might not to say that i won't but it really just i feel like i have a good bunch of blokes that i'm like mates with and they're usually stoked like i feel like they're pretty genuine and i'm and vice versa too like i'm pretty stoked if if some one of my mates succeeds yeah you know what i mean like i'm genuinely happy for them i'm like that's freaking sick man like good on ya i can see how people can go bitter yeah like i guess this is an example i could use not personally like it like personally in my life to really go deep like some people like i can see how you could grow bitter with people with money or like kids with more opportunities than yourself 
So, like, for example, um, I don't know. I don't want to name. Yeah, I know what you say. I know what you're gonna say. But um, I don't like it when people pay their way to things, and I kind of can see how people grow resentful towards that. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. I can understand that. I can. It's not like a resent, but it's like. Bitter, yeah. It is that bitterness that you're talking It about. is a bitterness. It, and the thing is, if you let that just launder and sit with you, it does grow into like... Did you dealt with that. <laughs> you dealt with that. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I dealt with that on like a very real scenario. Like, um, yeah, I did in America. Was it... Was it in America? I thought it was recently. Yeah, well, both. Okay. <laughs> but in America is when it it really became apparent to me, like, how bitterness can really affect you. Like, I was I was really struggling to make it to the race. Like, not make it to the race, but I was struggling for a while there in America. And I don't know if you've... Oh, I'm sure... Everyone's heard the story. Everyone's heard the story. Yeah. But, like... When I'd go see someone in a hotel to charge my phone in their lobby and they wouldn't wouldn't have room for me, I would grow bitter. I'd be like, Oh, this person that's the you know, gets the hotel like like oh, how lucky this and that and it's just that sort of like internal dialogue of like bitterness that creeps in that is so bad, man. Toxic. Yeah. It you as soon as now, as soon as I know or recognize myself sort of even thinking bitterly towards another person for what they have and what I don't have. It's like, man, how selfish are you to, as me, like yeah, 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 how selfish am I to think like that for, to not want another person to have something Yeah, like that is pathetic. I thought of myself like that. I was like, after a while, I was like, that is an absolute pathetic thought and like a coward's thought hmm. to be to be like wanting them to be like, oh, you don't know, like to experience what you're experiencing. Like, like they're experiencing of like different troubles, man. Like your trouble, everyone's troubles are different. Um, like going back to that example, like in the hotel, like, He's probably struggled more. He's probably been smarter. He's probably played the game a bit better. It's like you just need to learn off him. You need to be stoked for him that he's there and you need to really just learn from your scenario to not go back there. And I can nearly guarantee that if you, um, you'll learn more or appreciate more when you come from lower. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. That's like one of the most mature things I've genuinely heard you say. Like we 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 haven't even talked about that, and I think that uh, that shift in your mindset has definitely it is really mature. Like applaud you for that. That was mm. good. But yeah, big lesson takeaway is um don't let bitterness grow. Fair. And the thing is, you, the best way to conquer that is to count your blessings. Yeah. What it. You could have nothing, but if you have your hands and your feet, you can work, you can you can labor, you're blessed to be able to walk. Yeah. You you can still ride a bike. Man, you're blessed just to be able to ride a bike. Or or for example, I'm getting you get a free jersey from, from Lusty. Man, some people I I used to pay for a jersey. I'm so blessed to get this. Yeah. That's powerful, man. That's nuts. It's the best way to be bitter. Like you can't, if you're, if you're looking at someone and being jealous of me and like this dirty dog has this, like, why don't I have that? It's like, well, hang on. I have this, like, let me be grateful for what I have first before I even think about shitting on someone else. Yeah. Because then they will, like, they might not have something that you have and they might be, they might be looking at you in the same light. Like, oh yeah, he has possibly. He has a good family. Some people don't have good families. Mm, exactly, man. That's what I'm saying. You never know what people are really going through. And that's what I'm saying. For you to think and be bitter towards other people and jealous towards other people is just an absolute just 
coward's mentality and not understanding and just selfish. It's literally just thinking about yourself. Yeah. So selfish, man. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't even think about it that way. But but I can also understand how people get into it. Like, Oh, yeah, for sure. It's easy to fall into. And especially if you're in the mindset of I want to win. Like if you want to. Well, you're never present. Yeah, and 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 but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're trying to be super successful, and you're looking at somebody else that's doing well as well, it's easy to get into that mindset of yeah, I want what they've got, and that that's when that bitterness kind of spawns. Mm. Yeah, it's it's quite a um slippery slope to fall down, and quite an easy slope to fall down as well. Mm. Bitterness. But that can be with everything, man. Like, like even if you like with lost loved ones, like you can be resentful to people who haven't lost loved ones. Like, some people might be able to smoke their whole entire life, live to ninety, smoke cigarettes their whole life, and then some someone else may smoke for three years, has lung cancer, and dies. Yeah. Like, is the person? Is the person who's friend with the person who died in five years going to be resentful to the person who lived to 90 and smoked? And it just depends on the person. Well, exactly. It's so easy to fall into that mentality of, well, like, well, why did my friend die? Like, why aren't you dead? Mm. Like, you've smoked your whole life. Like, what, she smoked five years. She was trying to quit. Even, But it's not even like, even if you smoked no years, like, it's still, things happen. Well, exactly. Like... Like, yeah, how can someone smoke for their whole, nearly their whole entire life, live to 90, and then someone who's never smoked a cigarette in their life can also die of lung cancer? Well, quite it's literally, unfair, man. Quite literally, like, I've gone through the same thing, like, literally this week. Like, it's been, it's been a tough week. My nan, she was like one of the healthiest women, women like, I know, like, very fit for her age like would run and and whatnot and was very sporty never smoked nothing was really like lived a healthy lifestyle just within a month died of getting diagnosed with stage four cancer so i don't know like i i don't think that i battled with that feeling of resentment to somebody else because i think it's just it's just one of those things just part of life part of death unfortunate circumstances happen but Nonetheless, someone, someone else that I know that smoked their whole life died. Like my nan's dad, my great pop, he smoked his whole life. I don't know exactly how old he was, but I think he was around 90. But he smoked like a pack a day for his whole life. Didn't die till he was 90. Mm. So same thing, my nan died 70 and didn't smoke nothing. Mm. So it's one of those things. But It is. It's quite crazy, man. And you just, it's the thing. It's things like that. It's easy for bitterness to grow in, inside you and stuff. It's just a constant battle of, of you don't want to let bitterness rule you because then bitterness turns anger, anger turns to hatred. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I think all loss can kind of do that and it's about how you deal with it to not let it get bitter. Mm. I think just dealing with loss and dealing with grief in the right way is really important, like you said, to not, turn to ang anger or hatred because their anger is one of the most powerful emotions mm. and it just ruins so many things. And I think that dealing with losses are really, yeah. I, I don't know how much loss you've had to deal with, but what are some kind of ways that you've dealt with loss in the past? With loss? Not just like with loved ones, but. Yeah, I haven't had all my grandparents still alive and my great grandparents passed when I was really little. So I, in that sense, I haven't experienced like a great loss as like a, my nan or grandma or my gran or anything passing. I haven't experienced anything like that, like like what you have recently. Um, yeah, I I haven't experienced loved ones lost. I mean, one of those things that. You might have to deal with along the journey a bit more. What's mm. the? I there's been a few people of like in my school that passed away from um like car accidents, 
And that was pretty gnarly as well to see how many people it affected. Yeah. Like on a, on a, on a large scale and to, and to see that sort of thing is like really gnarly. And it happened really close to my house too. Yeah. So it was right. super like hit home pretty hard. But just like the person that died wasn't doing anything wrong as a passenger. Wow. Like it's, it's sad, man, to just think that things can just go like belly up. And I feel like ever since then, if I'm not driving, I'm in a passenger seat, like in the back seat or something, I'm like, nah, don't speed. I'm stressed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it just like gets me angst because it, it just sort of reminds me of it, like that sort of thing. Cause I've like kind of, I've, I've, I haven't like seen it like, or been in a car and like wouldn't felt it firsthand, but like, it's been pretty close to home. And, and when I grew up in a small country town, like it hits pretty hard yeah. when things like that happen. And it happened a few times. Mm. So yeah, haven't experienced it like a loved one as such. Yeah. But I've more experienced loss than like a local, like a localized term. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm not the same. Like, I'm pretty, I'm a bit off. So I've lost, like I lost my, one of my um, good mates when I was 15, I think. Yeah. 14, 15. One of my good mates from school and like one of my songs that I wrote and released now you're gone was about him and he just passed away from an asthma attack in the middle of the night. And uh, so I've dealt with loss in that way. And then obviously my nan recently and have had a couple of other great grandparents and that die. And, but so, yeah, I think that, I mean, the way I deal with loss, I think it comes back to my craft and my art and making music is really important to me. Dealing with loss, especially with my friend who died. I think that that was a big part of how I coped with that was to write a song and release that record and release that as for the recent loss that I've experienced. I think it's more, I I don't really know how I've dealt with it so far because it's so fresh. Mm. I think that it's kind of just been a bit of a blur this week, honestly, like more just, just cruising about really. Like there's not, it's sometimes weird. I don't want to go insanely deep, but sometimes I feel like I don't really like feel things like, I don't know. I just kind of, it just is stagnant in my mind. My mind's just stagnant about things. And maybe that's the way that I kind of go about it initially. And then I haven't written a song about my nan yet. And it'd be uh, just because it's so fresh, but I think like we haven't even had the celebration service yet. And so I think that, I don't really know how I'm going to deal with this one, but because every time's different, but I think that it's going to involve songwriting. And because I was very, I was really close to my nan, like this one's going to hurt a lot in that regard. But I don't know. Yeah. Like what I was saying before, I, sometimes I just feel like I don't really feel anything. Like I just, I don't know. I think that a lot of people, like, I know some of my friends that I've talked to, they just, they understand it. They're like, oh, I just don't really feel it. And I don't know why that is, but it just is what it is. It's how I'm built. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's, I really don't know. Mm. Yeah. Do you think, do you think you shut yourself off to not, to, to the feelings then? Yeah, maybe. I think I probably do. I think I just like, like I'll just shut it out and I'll put it into something else. Or maybe just I don't put it into something else. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's it's one of those things where I'm just on that journey at the moment. I can't really explain how I've gotten through it. I can explain how I've gotten through past ones, but this one is, I think, a bit deeper, almost. And I don't. I can't explain how I've gotten through it because I haven't gotten through it yet. Mm. It's just like, yeah, it's just one of those things. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't. Know. It's a yeah. It's just it's just really fresh, so yeah. I, I I'd be keen to talk about it later, kind of pod and delve into it a bit deeper later. Yeah, well, you still got to grief, man. You you still got to go through all the emotions. Yeah, like you can't just be like a few weeks into her passing and just jump on a podcast and be like, 
this is what I've learned. This is how I've dealt with it. It's literally a few days. Yeah, pretty much. Like you've got to go through all the emotions, man. Like you can't just fast track it. Yeah, which is sometimes I think I definitely have the tendency to do. Just the way I'm built, I just try to fast track everything kind of thing. Mm. So why? I don't know. I think it's just. I see very much, I'm just, I see from A to B and, and I'm just getting to A to B. Like, that's just how I've always been. And I've talked about it so many times. It's just, yeah, it's just the way I've always kind of been. And, yeah, I think that it's about who I surround myself to help me not, to to strengthen the weak areas. Because, I, like, the it's again, it's on its perspective that's a good thing but it's also sometimes a bad thing because i can see exactly where i want to go but sometimes it's that middle section there that i can't always see and surrounding myself with people that strengthen my weaknesses is um really important to me so Mm. yeah i mean yeah kind of lighten the mood a bit and change it up because i'm also really tired (laughs) but um we we should definitely talk about the future of the podcast because of mm. the whole Dubai thing and then you're going to World Cups overseas. So we're kind of turning to Zoom kind of thing. But yeah. it's still it'll still sound really the same. It will look a bit different and when we can we will be filming them when we can. Yeah. Also, but for the foreseeable future. Well it just it depends will be because it depends how long it depends how long i'm over in dubai for and then depends well i'm coming to dubai well depends how long i'm there for if i'm there for like well yeah it depends like two weeks then it's not then i won't be coming to dubai but But if you're still over there for the few months i'll be coming to dubai yeah so yeah it just depends on all that what the podcast kind of looks like but we'll still be doing it definitely it'll just it'll sound the same it'll just look a bit different. Mm. I don't know how many people actually watch the YouTube versions anyway, but it's a podcast. It's meant for listening. So Exactly. So for the foreseeable future... We'll still have guests on. and For the next few months, there'll be guests, but it just won't be filmed in person. It'll be filmed... Over Zoom. Over Zoom. Don't worry, I'll meet. make it look good still. I'll have use editing and make it look sick. Yeah, man. But um yeah, so when we still when we get together we still will and for big guests we'll definitely try and film. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I think I'm happy to wrap it up there. It's about an hour hour of uh Yeah, so that was episode five for before the blow up. Thanks for listening and don't forget to like and subscribe. Or just do what you want. No, like and subscribe, do it. And hit the hit the notification bell on YouTube, follow on Spotify, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Chill, bruv. I'm I'm putting I'm putting all the You know, if someone gets from. anything out of this, I'll be stoked. Yeah, no, I actually would be. Yeah, if you got anything, if you got anything out of it, subscribe and <laughs> follow. Cut. Cut. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thanks, guys.